show this morning? Oh yeah? Awesome. If you have your Bible, please open it to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. It is the nature of a fire to do what? To burn and to go out. What must you do to keep the fire from going out? Keep it fed, stirred, and the ashes removed. See, like Jesus loves you more because of that. Good job. I give you a cookie when we're done today. Over the past three weeks, we have been answering one question. How to keep the fire burning inside of us for Christ. For all of us, you know, we grow through seasons in our life when, when the Lord seems distant. All of us grow through times in our life when our passion for Christ and for his kingdom are, are high, and then that passion and excitement is low. We all have had those dark nights of the soul where we question whether or not Jesus hears our pleas and cries for mercy. All of us have prayed to the Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. So daily we need a refreshing course of, of what it means to keep the fire burning because we're, in all honesty, it's not always burning like we want it to burn. Now you can come here on Sunday and say, yeah, I'm always on fire for Jesus. I'm always excited. Listen, I see through that stuff because I used to do it. It's not true. Let's just keep it real. Our created purpose is for what? What is our created purpose? There's three of them. <laughs> to know him, to enjoy him, and to glorify him. That's our created purpose. That's why we were created. To know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. And as we continue to embrace these things in the power of his spirit, then our fire will burn. And we'll continue to burn. You never forget why you're created. A lot of our problems lie because we forget these things. You forget them. You need to always remember them. You were made to know him, to glorify him, and to enjoy him. Last week we started talking about what it means to glorify Jesus. And that was by functioning as salt in the earth. Where you as believers, you, you fight to preserve and season the world you live in. And in doing that, you bring glory to his name. This morning, we're going to finish talking about what it means to glorify him. So open your Bible to Matthew 5, beginning in verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how can... It should be salt and it should be restored. It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp, put it on a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Please pray with me.
Father God, as we come to your truth, as we come to your scriptures, Lord, we come needing your spirit to give us a word, needing the Holy Spirit, Lord, to come and move in this place in our hearts, Father, in a supernatural way, Lord. As I always say, our faith is highly supernatural, Lord. And if the Spirit doesn't move, ain't nothing going to happen today. Nothing is going to happen. So, Spirit of God, we desperately need you to come and to speak through me and minister to all of our hearts and draw our hearts closer and closer to Christ. And that will empower us to live for Christ. And I pray for all this in Christ's name. Amen. Jesus says here that his people, that means those of you who have saving faith in Christ, are the light of the world. Well, what do you mean by that, Alex? I'm going to tell you. First, it means we have to keep in mind that Jesus himself came into the world as light. Did he not? The Gospel of John, if you ever read through the Gospel of John, that, that, there's a lot about light. Jesus has been the light of the world in that Gospel. Jesus is, is life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the true light that enlightens everyone. He is the light of salvation. He is the light of God. And in John 8, 8, 12, he says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In John 12, he says, Believe in the light that you may become sons of light. If you have saving faith in Jesus, then you have been brought out of darkness this morning brought out of darkness you are now light in the Lord you have the light of life you are sons and daughters of light and because of your faith in Jesus you have been made light of the world in which you live the places that you live the places in which you play the places in which you work the places in which you live you are light to those places to the people that live there just the light salt, then light of the world, it talks about influence. The type of influence that, that we are to have as believers. As a Christian, we have impact in the world that we live in. Only those who have saving faith in Jesus can be light of the world. You understand that. When you read this, he's not talking about any other agency, any other type of uh, system that's in place, he's talking about his people. His people. You are the only ones that can be light to the world in the way that he's talking about it. So that means if we're not doing it, he raises someone else that will. It will get done with or without us. He always raises up a people who will do it. What can light do? It makes things visible. It exposes things. It offers clearness. It can set direction. You see, as a believer, you have been made light of the world in the lowercase sense. 
Jesus is the capital case. You're the lowercase. You're a reflection of Christ to the world. All of us are. You are walking and living testimony to his goodness and mercy. And as one Christian says, it's impossible to gaze directly at the sun. It's high in the sky. It's painful even if you try. But we gaze happily at the full moon. On a clear night, many will admire its beauty. But we often forget the moon only reflects the greater light of the sun. You realize that, right? The moon has no light of its own. It only reflects the light of the sun. Somewhat similarly, many people find it difficult to gaze directly at God through prayer and Bible study reading and meditation. But they will observe Christians as they reflect the greater light of Christ. People are observing you as you reflect the greater light of Christ in your life, in your marriages, and how you parent your kids, and how you do hard, how you are on hardship, on how you do your job. We reflect the greater light of Christ in all that we do. So are you reflecting him in all those areas of your life? My mother gave her life to Christ when, when I was in middle school. And that was the, you know, the first time I ever remember going to church. And, of course, you know, the first thing I had to do was sing in the choir. You know, I didn't like that. But my mom made me do it, so I couldn't say no to mom. And, and the first song I learned how to sing was This Little Light of Mine. That's the very first Christian song I ever learned how to sing. That was it. This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to let it shine. Or everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. All in my house, I'm going to let it shine. Out in the dark, I'm going to let it shine. I'm not going to make it shine. I'm just going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Reflect the greater light of Christ by letting your light shine before the Lord. You can't make it shine. It's already shining. Just let it. That's what he says in verse 16. Let your light shine before other people. Are you letting it shine in the world in which you live? Or do you hide it and cover it? Jesus says here, a city, set on, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it on the basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all that's in the house. A city that sits on a hill, does it have to work hard to be seen? Does it? It doesn't have to work hard to be seen. Is there any confusion or whether or not it's a, it's a city? I mean, are you looking at it? I don't know what that big building is right there. It's so confusing. Maybe I need to, do I need to call somebody and say, is that really a city on that hill or is it something else? So what, what, what do you get from that? People should not be confused about who you are. If you are a city on the hill, people should know where you stand on certain things in your life. They shouldn't even approach you about something. Well, I know he ain't going to do it because he's a Christian. I know where he stands. Well, you don't need to ask her. You know where she stands. Sitting on the hill doesn't have to work hard to be seen. But you know what it is. The same thing with the lamp. He says, you don't light a lamp and put it on the basket. You put it on the stand and it may give light to all that's in the house. When you have guests over, you let them sit in the dark. Do you? Or do you cut a lamp on so people can see what's going on? Y'all can talk. <laughs> That's what you are here. He placed you here 
to be a light in the midst of darkness. And he places you on the stand so that you can shine light into the world that is dark. But do we hide? Often we hide. Often we put it on the basket. Well, I don't really want them to really know. Because I don't know what they're going to say once they know I'm a believer. So we hide it. We go along. Do you go along? Or do people know where you stand? See, these two illustrations that Jesus gives us here it, it, it is once again him saying, let your light shine. And if you don't, you lose your influence that you have in the world. How do you let your light shine before others? Jesus says it's through your good works. Let your light shine. So when others see your good works, they may give glory to your Father in heaven. Paul says in Ephesians 2, For you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you may walk in them. Think about that. You're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, which means before you became a believer, before you were even born, before you even thought of, that now that you are a believer, you can walk in there. Are we walking? Are we walking? You walk in the light because he's in the light. You walk as children of light, not as children of darkness. As one Christian says, good works are works of love as well as of faith. Both of them. Good works of love and good works of faith. Works of faith are, are acts of kindness and compassion and mercy that, that you show to other people. For us here at the Village Church, that means we walk alongside of one another in this church and in this community. That's how we live that out. It's us willing to enter into another person's life, another person's issues, without us expecting anything in return. That's what it means to acts of love and compassion. Works of faith are those things that, that further distinguish you as a believer. It's you believing and confessing and teaching God's truth. His word, this word right here, is your standard. That's a good work of faith. This is where my life stands. This is what sets the course of my life. God's word is the standard by which I live my life. No, no, other, no other person can say that. But as a Christian, this is it. This is it. No other creed. It's God's word. If anything, if, if, if God's word conflicts another document, well, I'm signing with this. I don't care what that says. I'm looking at this. What does this say? Not something else. Only us can do that as believers. Only you can do that. It's through prayer. It's a work of faith. Worship. It's a work of faith. And evangelism. It's a work of faith. Other religions evangelize, but we evangelize the truth. In the world we live in, that is not a cool statement to say. Because we've got to be tolerant and politically correct. But the gospel is not politically correct. The gospel offends. And you need to know that. It offends me daily, and it's going to offend anyone you share it with. It's an equal opportunist. It always offends everybody. <laughs> so, get in line. It offends me too. 
That's what the gospel does. And we have a responsibility to take it to the masses as witnesses for Christ in the world that we live in. In Christian love and faith, you let your light shine before others. You don't hide your identity. You don't have to hide it. You see, we don't function in the world like Clark Kent and Superman or Bruce Wayne and Batman. We don't function in the world that way. We don't hide our true identity. We are who we are. Everyone should know it. I'm a Christian all the time. I don't put on my Christian outfit when I come save the day. It's who I am. When you see me and when you don't see me, this is who I am all the time. As I said last week, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession that you may proclaim the excellences of his glory who call you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. God's people. There, no one else is his people. Do you realize that? If you have saving faith in Jesus, you are his child. Love, hell, taken care of. And you live in this world as his child. As his. You have a daddy, and he's in heaven. And he has your back, and he's not going to abandon you. And you rep him when you go out into the world. I represent my father who is in heaven every day. That's, that's, that's how we live. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy through him. As a believer, it's not something we just take off and on. It's something that we, we wear our faith on our sleeves. And everyone knows exactly where we stand. Do people you engage know where you stand? Or do they wonder? Do they see anything different about you? Wear your faith without apology. You ain't got to be arrogant about it. But you can wear it without apology. You can wear it without offending people. You can wear it without destroying people's dignity. You can do it that way. If you don't know how, pray for the Spirit and He'll give you wisdom. And discernment. But I can't give you a textbook. I don't know all your situations. But the Spirit does. Paul says in, in Philippians 3, In the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, we shine as lights in the world. In the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, believers shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. That's you. In Ephesians 5, he says, we do not take part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead we expose them. Light exposes darkness. So you got to realize when you get around people and you start living like this, you're going to start exposing things about them. They're going to either push them away or it may draw them closer to you because they see something different about you. It's going to do one of those two things. We expose sin, unrighteousness as well as self-righteousness. John 3.19. See, everyone loves John 3.16, for God so loved the world. But I like John 3.16. It says, the light has come in the world, but people love darkness rather than light. Because their works are evil. Those, that, John 3.16, that verse, they always need to be together when you read it. The light has come in the world, but people love darkness rather than light. 
Remember, Jesus walked on the face of this earth, and people still didn't believe him. They saw him. We don't see him like they saw him, and yet they didn't believe. How much harder do you think it is for us if the spirit doesn't move? The spirit has to move. So the world is in darkness. You're either a child of light or a child of darkness. As a believer, that, that, that's how we see the world. That's seeing the world through the lenses of the gospel. You're either a child of light or a child of darkness. And so children of light, you want to rescue those that are still in darkness. There's your heartbreak for the lost. Weep for the lost. Does it? That's my heart. I have friends and family that know Jesus. I want, them, I want everyone to be in glory one day. But are we just about this life, about our materialistic lifestyle? But do we really care? But people are dying. And when people die that don't know Jesus, they go to hell. <laughs> That's real. That's reality. That's real life. But do you care? Do you really care, church? Or do we care more about what happens in November? Or do we really care about eternity? Eternity says, look at this too. Look at this too. No one else, no one else, no one else can take the good news to people that are in darkness but us. Because we have it through Christ. The world we live in is in darkness and many people don't even know it. <laughs> They're lost in sin and misery. That's the Christian view of the world. And you as light of the world, you shine light into that darkness through your good works of love and faith. Now it's easy to say that in America... Because we ain't in danger of dying today. We're not in danger of losing our life today. We really don't have no excuse. If we live in Africa, some of you could die if we walked out of here today. That's reality for some of our brothers and sisters. They die when they let their light shine. They die when they function as salt and light. They can lose everything because they suffer great persecution. And now we should pray for our brothers and sisters. Jesus says in Matthew 5.11, Blessed are you when others revel you and persecute you and other all kinds of evils against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. For so they persecuted the prophets before you. You know, he, this is what he said to the disciples before he went into the salt and light. And when he, when he is saying that those same people you are to be salt and light for. And that is not easy to do. So don't leave here saying, man, that was a good sermon, Alex. I'm saying, if you were in Africa, would this still be a good sermon? If you can lose your life by not hiding your faith. Perspective. We will not let our light shine if the Spirit is not moving powerfully in us. 
This is something you just can't checklist. It's just something you can't write in your daytime. This week, let my light shine at work. This week, let my light shine before my neighbor. I'm not talking about another checklist. I'm talking about something supernatural that grabs you in such a way that you can't help but to do it. That it just overflows from you. We're just so comfortable. It's so easy here. Listen, I'm just as guilty. Just as guilty. Just as spoiled by the luxuries that we have in this country. I love it here. I don't want to live in Africa. I'm just going to be, I, I keep it real. So if you don't want to pass it on, keep it real, then you need to go find someone else. I just tell you like it is. That's my own, my own sin. I have to repent of it daily. Because I want it to be easy. But it's not. We need the Spirit to give us wisdom and discernment on how to do that. Shining as light, you know, we don't just expose darkness, but we also show and provide a way out of it, too, by pointing people to Jesus in the way that we live, in the way that we function. Because he's the only escape. Those of you here who know Jesus, you escape darkness because of him, because of what he did. How can we not share that? How can we not offer that? How can we not? People are dying slow deaths. But Jesus can save them. We should expect him to. We should expect him to continue to save folks through this ministry. The seeds that are being planted through gospel, through the gospel that's going out. We should expect him to bring more people into the kingdom. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one comes out of darkness but through Jesus. And only you can share that. Only you can. And when you let your light shine before others, some of them will even give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's what Jesus says there. That's, that's funny. So he said they're going to persecute us too. But I guess there's going to be some who will give glory to God because of the good works that we do. We all remember the tornadoes that came, tornadoes that came through last April. And many of our neighbors in North Alabama, they lost their homes, and, and we were in, without power for several days as well. And some of the members of our church um, came here, and they grilled some food, cooked some food, and gave it out to our neighbors. And I tell you that as just one example of how to function as light. That's us functioning as light. When we do things like that, when we stand in the gap like that, because of who Christ is. His people are his tangible hands and feet. The only tangible hands and feet people are going to have of Christ in this life is through you. Through what you, how you live and how you communicate and how you function. We got to know that it's just not about our families and us getting our own and us just going and getting more stuff. We have a kingdom responsibility when it comes to the Great Commission. We all have a role to play in that. You say, well, what's my role, Alex? I'll say, the places that Jesus has you, that's where he wants you to be for him. That's where he wants you to be sought. In the places where he has you. The places where you live, places where you go grocery shopping, 
the places where your kid play, the softball team, the soccer team, the baseball team. Be salt and light to those people. Because they need Jesus too. We have to think about our life differently. Think about it differently. That where God has me, he wants me to have impact. I can be the hands and feet of Jesus. Here in North Alabama, North Huntsville, South Huntsville, I don't care where you are. Let's be his hands and feet. And that's what I challenge all of us to do. As we embrace his love for us, that we will extend that love to other people by being salt and light to them. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you that you are a God who always at work. You are a God who, whose plan is going to get done. Ain't nothing going to stop your plan. I mean, we, we have your word. We know how it all ends. We know how the story ends. We know how the battle ends. You win. You win, Father. Although there's a lot of folks here in Huntsville who don't know you. There are a lot of folks in Huntsville who pretend to know you just to get certain things. There's a lot of folks, Lord, who, who don't live out their faith, who don't care about the loss. But we all need to be convicted. We all need to be shown the depths of our sin so that we can repent of it. Lord, we're not going to function as salt and light until our love for Christ is more than our love for this life and our comforts in this life. Don't need more Bible studies. We need conviction of sin to the place where we'll go out and be different. Live differently because of our love for Christ. Spirit, you have to do it, Lord. We can't do it ourselves. Your word says that He lives in us, He is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance, that He is our helper. And, Lord, we desperately need his help to give us eyes to see the word for what it truly is, that we really are in a spiritual warfare. But we can't see it because we don't, it don't seem like we're in a warfare. But things are so easy and comfortable. And that's the worst kind of war to be in. We don't even know you're in one. Give us the eyes to see the world for what it truly is, Lord. If they don't know you, it's dark. I don't care how great it is here. This is a dark place. We are fooled if we don't think it is. The luxuries and freedom have fooled us. Help us to see, Lord, through the lenses of Christ. Help us to engage our neighbor, to love our neighbor. Just help us to function as salt and light in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.